April Fool's Day came a week early for some people on Twitter this weekend. Uh, one thing we can assure you here on Lockdown Guardians is we will have you covered all the news and items going on. Media literacy. I couldn't even keep that straight. Uh, we got you covered with all the roster news and all the goings on over the weekend. Don't hit the panic button just yet. Just wait. Just wait and don't retweet anything before looking. I know Twitter is a salty, weird place right now, but uh, be careful what you click on and, and don't panic. Don't don't go near any sharp objects or windows just yet. This is Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, to the Highlander podcast. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, n- not the New York Highlanders either of um, the natural fame. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. Download the game today. Just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up in at app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise and using the promo code Locked On, all caps, in-game. Over there is Justin. I am Jeff. I'm appreciating everyone loving my random movie references, so they they will continue. Um, but uh, we have a really packed episode, so let me just uh, thank you for making this your first listen today and every day where we get podcasts, and we have your cover team covered every day. We have too much to cover today, so uh, Tristan or Gabby, what do you want to start with? Uh, we can start with Tristan. That's the big news today. But before anybody, uh, I was laughing. If you weren't watching the video, uh, Jeff was trolling me very hard over my cold open and, uh, uh, I just couldn't keep it together. So if you're not listening or watching on YouTube and you're like, why was he randomly laughing? Jeff was trolling me pretty hard, but we will not troll you here. We'll, we'll try not to troll you here on lockdown guardians. I can't promise that we're not going to, but we will try not to. Um, I'm not going to troll anybody about Tristan McKenzie just yet. Uh, the update that seems to be, uh, as much as we know at the time of recording this is that he had, some tricep tightness with that was according to Terry Francona talking to our buddy, Andre not on the broadcast after Tristan left. So that's as much as we know right now, they're going to get him worked up. And uh, I'd imagine by the time you're listening to this on Monday, we don't, we will not have an update maybe later in the day, but uh, I'm not going to panic just yet. There's nothing, there's not enough news to go out. And like I said, I'm not going to go near any sharp objects. I'm not going to go on a windowsill. Uh, You know, definitely not what you want to hear, especially in your last spring training start, but Let's let's wait to hear more news and see what happens. Uh, if this is a short term thing, you know it's fine. Let him let him slow play McKenzie if you have to. If it's a short term injury, but don't let it turn into something locked on. Uh, I said locked on. Don't let it turn into something longer than it needs to be, especially early in the season. And and you know what? Well, they have those six game series, so they can't really. I was gonna say maybe they have some off days where they can go with the four man rotation if they need to, but they really don't have that luxury with the way the series are set up. So. Never mind. Uh, they can survive in the short term. In the long term, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but yeah. don't panic for now. Yeah, I know people are going to be like, oh, Jeff's going to brag about saying that McKenzie was injury prone. Uh, but here's the thing. like, I kind of retired that. Like, He proved to me last year he could hold up, and really since those first few issues uh, in the minors, he's been healthy since 2020, more or less. Just a few minor things here or there. So, no, I kind of retired that take. Listen, he's a unicorn. We've established his team is built on unicorns. Uh, 
I don't think this had anything. He's he's a great athlete. That's part of why they draft great athletes because they tend to be less injury prone. I once had like a 40 minute discussion with a guy who's now a higher up in, in maybe Baltimore system about that. We both said, you you know, athletic pitchers are the things you want for that reason. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not really expecting him to be someone who is naturally injury prone. His biggest issue last year was just the command. And then he figured it out and was absolutely awesome. He's clearly their number two. You're hoping it's something minor. My only concern is tightness. Tightness is a scary word. When I hear tightness, you know, everything starts clinching on me. Um, I get tight. But other than that, we don't know. It's wait and see. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. Not because it's, I mean, yes, because it's McKenzie. And they already did not have great pitching depth. And, you know, I would take McKenzie uh, and Bieber over, you know, just about any other one, two in this division, I would take McKenzie over any starter. The Tigers have over any starter. The twins have over any starter. The Royals have, you know, the white Sox. we can make some debates, but yeah, that is my concern there. It's it's. And again, I think, you know, his athleticism has allowed him to outside of those two weird years, he has been super healthy these past, what, three seasons. So this is a surprise. You know, if I'm expecting someone to come down hurt in the week before the season, it's Savali or Plesak. It's not McKenzie. Yeah, especially Plesak. Well, now really, especially Savali. Plesak is yeah. all self-inflicted. So, no, mm-hmm. for sure. I just will. We'll see. I mean, like I said, they're in the short term. I think that's fine. The long term, they just have to. If it's a long term issue, which hopefully it's not, you have to start getting your ducks in a row about which of these prospects you're bringing up, right? Because like if, if this is a long-term injury, I'm not putting Connor Pilkington in the rotation. I'm not putting Hunter Gaddis in the rotation. I'm not putting uh, Xavier Curry in the rotation. No disrespect to those guys. If this is a long-term injury, maybe maybe like the month of April, May, let some of those guys get themselves established and on, on their feet in AAA. But if this is like something that's going to keep them out like more than a couple months, um, I'm I'm trying to get some of those prospects kind of get let, let them get their feet under them in AAA and I'm getting them up. Because that that's the best way to do it long term. Not like I said, no disrespect to McKenzie, no disrespect to to Pilkington or Gaddis, you know, uh, Cantillo, Allen. Uh, who am I forgetting here? Uh, not Williams, maybe not yet, but yeah, Cantillo, Allen, for sure in that mix right there. And when Morris comes back, maybe you go to that route. It's the problem with Morris and Espino right now, like those would be the next two guys if they'd be yeah. healthy. You can't hopefully, hopefully they don't have to go that way. Yeah, hopefully they don't have to go that way. So uh, it sounds like Gabriel Arias is going to be fine. They haven't really expressed any concern yet. He was going through some baseball drills, swinging, I think swinging and throwing. Sounds like it's just a, a pretty bad bruise or some pretty good soreness there. Uh, they didn't. The weird thing was they said they weren't getting x-rays right away. They said the test came back negative, but they weren't getting x-rays just yet. And I'm like, all right, well. That's that's weird. What kind of I don't I'm I'm not in the medical field, so I couldn't tell you what they're doing. But they said they're not uh, getting. They didn't get X-rays the first update. Maybe they have since then, but they don't seem too concerned about it, truthfully, which is good because yeah. he has really earned his spot on this roster, I think, and he is ready to help this team. Yes, and I would just feel bad for that guy to work his tail off and then. Uh, play as well as he did and then things to go sideways so here's to hoping both of these guys um we stress over nothing but this is why this is why you need depth and this is why when we talk about guys like tyler freeman getting sent down and going to triple a and guys who have good spring trainings they don't make i mean freeman didn't really have a great uh, spring training even though you know spring training numbers are still bunk for the most part 
Um, this is why they tell guys like, hey, you're might be going to AAA now, but we're going to need you at some point this year. Well, if that Arias injury ends up worse or it could have ended up worse, then guess what? Tyler Freeman's coming right back over to camp and they're going to expect him to help out. So this is why you always need depth. This is why it's good to have, you know, I, I don't expect Freeman to have the same upside as Arias offensively, obviously, but um, it's still, you need those guys. And that's why it's important. They have built this kind of depth up that, um, because they say when guys like this go down, you know, they need to have somebody they can call up and they tell guys to be ready because your number could come at any time. No, I totally agree with you there. I think we've, you know, right now it is, we're in a holding pattern, right? On both these guys, Arias less so, more so on Tristan. Uh, I'm going to be a Pollyanna and say, yes, I am very nervous, but it's all going to be okay. Speaking of things that are okay, well, better than okay. I mean, I spent a quite a bit of time this weekend playing Ultimate GM. I am in close to finishing up my second season. Again, I am going to crush this league. I am going to put top three scores in there. I'm going to win the competition money. We are competing for money, and I'm going to take it all. From what I've seen in the chat, people don't know what they're doing. It's not a complex game, but it is a fun and addictive one. Uh, you have to hire sco- scouts. Nope. You don't hire scouts. Uh, scouts either. You hire coaches and staff. Uh, you get your players. You have to figure out how to align things properly. It's just a fun game. I have a lot of fun playing Ultimate GM. Check it out for yourself. Uh, locked on listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. I use that code on my first run through. Download the game, go to probaseballgm.com, scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your fantasy today. And again, I'm crushing fools with this. I plan to win it all. It seems like no one can even compete. I can't. It's the way it yeah. is. I, best, GM in the, best GM in the Locked On League. Yep. Hire Jeff. That's the, that's the mantra here. Hire Jeff. I mean, that was my tweet today when, uh, you know, I know people were waiting for me to talk about the injuries. No, I was more taking my victory lap over being the only person who had Jordan Walker in the top 20 prospects in his class. And had Dylan Cruz rated as the top outfielder in his class was the high man on Gunnar Henderson as well in his draft class, as well as the only person with a first round grade on John Murphy. So I'm going to run my victory lap. I'm going to run it there. I'm not going to run it on someone getting hurt. I'm going to run it on, yeah. on, on those guys where that is, that is a much more impressive list than anything else. Cause again, all right. Well, while we're waiting for Jeff to, to unfreeze a little bit over there. Uh, my back. Interesting. You're not back. Yeah, you're back. Uh, yeah, oh. not rooting for injuries. Nobody's rooting for injuries. But no. uh, what do you make of the Guardians carrying three catchers to start the season? So as of right now, and this is not official. This could easily change by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? And and I wouldn't be surprised if it changes honestly. But as of March 26th, the Guardians say they will open the season with Mike Sinino. Cam Gallagher, no surprise. We've been talking about that for weeks now, telling you that, that, that all the point, all the comments point to Cam Gallagher. But for now, they are also going to keep Maybreeze Valoria. Jeff, what were you surprised in, and what is your your takeaway here from three catchers to start the season? I think that was a little unexpected. It is. Uh, one last note. Uh, when I when I computer died there, I was just saying if even though I wasn't a fan necessarily of the world baseball classic for people who got mad about cancel the world baseball classic because of injuries, should we also cancel spring training as well due to the injuries the last few days? That was just my little statement. Yep. There. Um, here's the thing. The article I read on it made it sound like that. This is very much a for now. And if there is an interesting player cut, let go or that becomes available, they might pounce. Uh, even though Roman Quinn seemed like he might've done enough to be that 26 guy. Apparently he, it wasn't enough. 
for whatever reason, he didn't make that work and or fit. This could also be just like, hey, we're not sure about how Zanino is going to work. Let's give him extra depth. Um, it also gives the opportunity to pinch hit for guys because you're carrying a third catcher. This makes it so maybe you're using Gabby Arias and Will Brennan every single game. Like you get to a certain point in the game, it's important in the sixth, you can pinch hit. Guess what? You got another catcher you can put in. And Cedar loves that. Yeah. So uh, if this means that you are really going to use Gabby and Brennan a lot, then great. Fantastic. And right now that's what I'm leaning towards is they just decide, you know what? We have Brennan, we have Gabby. These guys need to play. We're going to get them at bats. And this gives us the ability to pinch hit for a catcher, which again, they couldn't do last year because they only had the two. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm just surprised. And this could, this could be a very short term thing. I, I was trying to look over guys who have opt outs in their contract. I was like thinking, okay, who, who are the guys that they might be interested in that could have, if they don't make the roster on other, other teams, could they have opt-outs uh, coming and, and they could be interested in some of those like Luke Voigt opt out, but I don't think, opt, I don't think Luke Voigt's an option for this team. No. Um, you know, Chad Pinder has opted out or he got released. I don't he, I, I thought the guardians might like him at one time, but I think he strikes out too much. Them. Mm-hmm. About three years ago. Yeah. I think, I just think he strikes out for them too much right now. Uh, Keston Hira doesn't have a job with, but with ball with uh, Milwaukee anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Keston Hero ends up being the return for Owen Miller. I don't know, but he also strikes out a ton much too, for for them as well. But Keston Hero has got a ton of upside. I would be very interested in that. It's just the guy swings and misses a lot. And I don't think the organization is is looking that direction. My big thing here though is, um, Mabers Valoria. This had this had to be a defensive pick, right? Because Valoria has been the majors before, and he is the best defender of the guys that would have been remaining to pick for this role. But kind of interesting that A, it's not Brian Lavastida, and B, it's not David Fry. Now you could say, okay, they don't want to bring up Lavastida as the third catcher right now because if they're just going to pinch hit for Mike Zanino or something or pinch run for him late in the game and bring Cam Gallagher in for defense or Mavis Valoria for defense, they, they don't want Lavastida being that third guy in the bench where he's just not playing. Like he is just the kind of emergency blanket, right? Um, so I, I can get that. But it, to me, it's just weird because like, He's already on the 40. You don't have to make a move to get him on there. And if this is like a short-term thing, you could just have him up early on and, and send him back down if you need to. Um, they, so maybe maybe, maybe for him it's just it's just playing time. They don't want him to sit yeah. too much. I get that. Um, it's just – and then I, and my other thought was like, okay, why not David Fry? Because David Fry kind of seems like the kind of guy you could actually use. Like I feel like you're only going to see Gallagher or Valoria – as like a, if they pinch it or pinch run for Zanino and the third one's just not going to play. So it's like, why wouldn't you use David Fry? Because David Fry is probably the more useful player out of, a, out of those guys offensively. Cause Cam Gallagher can't hit Valoria, you know, has some interesting skills at the, at the plate as far as he can hit the ball kind of hard and take some walks. But I don't know, I guess maybe they felt like Valoria was a, was a better hitter, but we'll see how short term this is. I just thought it was interesting. The roster construction, because now they've got to add both Gallagher and Valoria to the 40. And like we talked about, if they decide they don't want to hang on to Valoria any longer, they have to, he has to clear waivers because he's out of options. So that's a very, I, I don't think it'll be hard to, to move on from Cam Gallagher when it's time for Bo Naylor. But the Valoria thing is a little more interesting to me. I think it comes down to two words, roster fodder. I think it, it is like you, when you look at why they did this one, they need Lavastida to get reps after he missed so much time a year ago. 
Uh, so you're not going to have him there. I think this is also showing that like Lavastida and Naylor are going to get a lot of reps and there isn't room for a Valoria. So if they lose Valoria, they lose him. Uh, but he wasn't going to get a lot of reps in, in AAA anyways, or, you know, wherever they would move him to. Uh, this to me was just kind of like, they're going to, we thought they're going to add two players. They're going to add two players. And, you know, if you added someone like David Fry, then you have to worry about losing him. So I think he had a little more value than Valoria, more likely to lose if you expose him. So I think it's just roster fodder. It is, you know, wanting to have that ability to pinch hit, maybe not being completely sold to Zunino is going to be, you know, the answer. And then having a got two guys that if you lose one, you're not heartbroken over it. Uh, and, to, and, you know, maybe we'll see a trade happen and they can open up some other room. And that way, you know, we'll talk about the the completion of the Will Benson trade later on in this show. But another trade like that would be fantastic. I just don't know if and when that's going to happen. But to me, this feels like, you know, goodbye, Richie, uh, Jason Billis. I've kind of come full back on the idea that they'll let him go because he passed through most of waivers and then didn't look good again. So he's probably easy to sneak through. So Billis and Palacio, if Palacios didn't make this team, there's no point in keeping him. So those two are gone. You had the two catchers. Then you have, you know, a, either of those guys, you're not heartbroken if you cut and lose later in the year. So I think it's just that this is, this is the, they're, they're not adding anyone that they're afraid to lose. That makes a lot of sense. You're absolutely right. I think Bill is for sure is one spot. Uh, I, Cody Morris is expected to throw off the, off the mound, I think sometime this coming week. So I don't know how far away he is. I don't know if you can, you can say you can 60 day IL him maybe. Um, but yeah, if it's not Morris, then there's nobody else to go on the IL. Hopefully it's not Tristan McKenzie. Um, then it's gotta be Palacios. If it's not, if it's not Billis and Morris going to the IL, I don't think it makes sense to me. Yeah, so I saw could bring up, uh, Lavastida. I still think they like him. And after they're not going to just cut him after one bad year. Right. Absolutely. No way. And then, cause I mean, I know he wasn't drafted as high as Bo Naylor, but they, Thought enough of him to put him on the forty man roster a year ago. So that I mean, not for them, be... that eleventh, twelfth round is a value pick for them. Like that is more valuable than to the, the to the Guardians franchise than most guys taken around six through ten. Like that is a guy they save money for to go get. They target on day three. Those picks, I think they put more value in than a lot of the day two picks. Yeah. The guys who did get good news at camp at the end of the week were Tim Heron and Hunter Gaddis. I think we both agree that Tim Heron was a foregone conclusion. I think he was making the team, whether or not Sam Hentges was healthy anyway. Uh, Sam Hentges being hurt, and it sounds like he won't be out that long, uh, just made it more likely. But Hunter Gaddis gets a bullpen role. Good for Hunter Gaddis. I know some people aren't big fans. I he had, Look, as far as spring training stats go, he had the most strikeouts of anybody, I think, on the team until Beaver went, away, went ahead and struck out 11 against Colorado on Saturday night. Yeah, the change is good. I thought his slider looked better this spring. And a uh, short-term burst in the bullpen, I think, will help the fastball a little bit, too. And he was already up to 97 last season, as it was at times. If he can get himself consistently in the mid-90s, like we're talking 96, 98, uh, in, the, in the bullpen with a changeup and an improving slider, that's a nice weapon to have. And he could go multiple innings. So I like that role for him, and it makes sense to start moving some guys that way um, and making sure you have innings for other guys in AAA. Yeah. And as you know, when we had him on the show, I just want to point out, he becomes the only 29th round pick in franchise history to play for the Cleveland baseball team that that had never what happened about, before. What about Georgia state guys? How many of those have there been? Uh, well, Georgia state, I believe Hunter Gaddis when he debuted last year was the second, maybe third uh, Georgia wow. state has had a really, he's the first Georgia state player to ever play for team USA. 
And he is, I think, the third Georgia State player to ever pitch in the big leagues. Nice. Good for so two guys. players I'm who came from very people. unlikely backgrounds. So good for yeah, both of them. That's great. Rounds that no longer exist. Yes. Uh, um, now, speaking of things that no longer exist, uh, that would be our second segment of the show. What does exist is we're going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. That is the good people over at Built Bar. Right now, Cookie Dough, uh, cookie dough is back. Cookie Dough Strip. I just wanted to make sure I got that name right. Cookie, that's you got to be careful, is back. This is a dough brainer, as it says on the site. And they must not be using, uh, in the past, it was not gluten-free. It is now gluten-free. So that is nice for someone like me. But Cookie Dough is one that always sells out. Uh, This is one of their most popular flavors, 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, 8 grams of sugar. And if you like uh, peanuts, the Crave is another really good one that is currently in limited supply. So I would recommend both of those if you want to check it out. And again, if you are someone like me with food allergies and sensitivities, they've got you covered. They have multiple gluten-free brands on top of being delicious, on top of being good for you. Uh, They're also out there making sure that uh, you're getting things for your special needs uh, dietarily. So go to BuiltBar.com. Remember to use the promo code LOCK15. That will save you 15%. And on top of that, uh, remember, you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club to try it. Just head to the pharmacy aisle. Uh, I love Built Bar. I've tried a lot of protein bars. As someone who's gluten-free, I'm always looking for a quick snack. And this is the best I've ever found. That's BuiltBar.com. Remember that promo code LOCKED15. All right. I'll let you start with the, with uh, Stephen Hajar. Hajar. Uh, was the final piece of the Will Benson trade from the Reds. So Justin Boyd was the initial return for Will Benson, and the player to be named later ends up being Stephen Hajar from Michigan. Quite a quite a run in a program at that school at that time when he was there. Yeah, though not they they haven't had a lot of success since they got to the minors um, for those same guys. But that was a good run. Uh, it's interesting because he was was he the only pitcher taken between? No, I'm sorry, there were two pitchers taken in between. Doug McKenzie and Tommy Mace, and he was one of those two pitchers. So now they've gotten three, uh, Joe Rock being the other, if you're curious, the Ohio product. But yeah, that uh, after Ninkazi, Hajar was the next guy off the board. He got a little less than Ninkazi, a little more than Joe Rock. It's crazy to think where Will Benson was this time a year ago, that he netted the equivalent of two second round picks. Uh, Hajar just hasn't been healthy at Ann Arbor. He could hit like 97, 98, and then he could also sit like 89. Uh, he was all over the place. Uh, the control got better, but was still an issue. He missed a ton of bats. He's the perfect guy who wants to come to Cleveland. There are health issues. He did not pitch much once he came to Cincinnati last year. I believe it was part of the Tommy Molly, Tommy Molly, nope, Tyler Molly deal. Uh, but he is a big dude. That's the other fun thing with him. Uh, six, five. six five, 215. He was a high school pitcher in Massachusetts, not an area known for its uh, prep baseball. Though, you know, Sal Fralick and, and Mike Vasili in recent years come to mind from there. Uh, then went to Michigan, and he's a cold-weather guy all the way through. He was 20 on draft day, uh, so he's young for his class, cold-weather arm, limited reps. He needed to be coached up. Coming to Cleveland is a great place. He's a lefty, big body, big stuff, a lot of reasons. A lot of the boxes you go and you check for ceiling and growth potential, he had. So he's, let's see, he was drafted in uh, 21. And he is, I think he's only 22. He won't be 23 until August. So he's a young dude for his draft class. And yeah, the the arrow is firmly pointing up. Uh, I mean, the health issues and the control mean, hey, he may never get to AAA. But it also means that he's probably going to profile more as a reliever, I think, from most of what I've read. 
Um, there's still a chance for a starter, but he could be a, a dominant force out of the back of the pen. So you like the ceiling. And it, it's, again, I'm just blown away that they got a comp B selection and, and Justin Boyd and, and Stephen Hajar for Will Benson. So, I mean, just bravo. That is, that is a... That's an A plus trade, in my opinion. And Hajar doesn't have to be added to the roster until next season. And Boyd is like three years after that. So they also, you know, kick that can down the street. So um love the ceiling and potential. And a guy who Minnesota has not been great at pitcher development. Let's just be honest. Let's let's call a you know a spade a spade. That has not been their strong suit. There's a reason why they had to go outside the organization for most of their pitching. So yeah, he, he was barely in Cincinnati. There's a lot of growth in Stephen Hajar. Yeah, he's a big dude. I'm really excited to see him pitch if he can get healthy. Huge over-the-top arm slot, like high release. Hopefully Cleveland can get him back into a more firm velocity range. And especially if you get him in the bullpen, he can do that. Good slider, I think. Uh, kind of reminds me of Tim Heron a little bit. True, I mean, you got the big body lefty with a potentially huge fastball, good slider. Uh, big 10 school. Look at that. A pair of left-handers from Big 10 schools. Got to love that uh, for schools that don't usually get a whole lot of love. Uh, definitely not a guy you would typically see at Cleveland be interested in just due to the control because he never really had great control. Like I think in college it was okay and it hasn't translated to the pros. You know, maybe maybe due to the shoulder issue, I'm guessing, is why the control issues have, have kind of surfaced. But it wasn't great in um, college. Like the numbers were there, but like the Big Ten being a lesser conference, a lot of guys swing at stop. Like it's where you can get fooled yeah. by a, a walk to strikeout ratio because the big the Big Ten is. In baseball, it's it's a power two conference, and then you got like then the Pac twelve and Big twelve, and then the Big ten. Like there's three tiers to the Power five. Yeah, like you said, still a good trade, good value for Will yes. Benson for a guy that they didn't have room for. And, and you go and you get a guy who you have a high ceiling like Pajar, and you get a guy with Justin Boyd who might have a really nice floor as like a fourth outfielder. That is because uh, look at that's good Hajar value for is a guy a, that you just. A, you can look at Hajar as almost like a pitching version of Benson. Like if it pays off, it could pay off huge, yeah. but there's also that risk. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> don't get some got. People, don't, get don't get got. Some people thought that this was a done deal. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I am surprised that these rumors are out here. Uh, multiple people, Zach Meisel, Paul Hoynes have both said, that the Guardians have reached out to Rosario's Ahmed Rosario's agents about an extension. Nothing is certain right now, and Rosario has said that his uh, deadline for an extension is not opening day, because usually a lot of players will say, if we don't get something done by opening day, then that's it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where I rank the possibility of this one. We didn't really discuss extensions with him, because this would not be a pre-arb extension. Um, not buying out free agent years. This would be a straight up extension into free agency. I got to say, I'm not for it. Nothing against the men Rosario. I'm just, I'm not, I know what he, I know what we've heard. He means to the team and how much Jose Ramirez likes him, but I'm, I'm still pretty convinced that one of Gabriel Arias or Brian Rocchio, maybe long-term Angel Martinez could replicate the value or at the very worst, you slide Jimenez over to shortstop and one of those guys plays second and they play it pretty well and you're fine. And you use that cost savings to extend somebody else. So that's, that's where I'm at with, with this, but we will see if they, if they do it, then there's all kinds of flags out there that let's say you're gonna have to trade some of these infielders, right? Cause you can't extend Rosario and you're not, you're not getting rid of Jimenez. Then you've got a bunch of infielders with on your 40 with nothing to do with them. 
Yeah, I uh, I was gonna say devil's advocate is then that means they're gotta make a big trade. Like if they're gonna if you give him that extension, then Rokio needs to get traded this season. Now it did seem the shortstop market was not a seller's market through this offseason, so we'll see. But um yeah, I mean I'm it's funny how I get accused of being a hater and a hugger of Ahmed, uh both at the same time. Uh, listen, he's a league average shortstop, he's gonna be the best shortstop in free agency in a year. He does seem to do more than he you can you know tell in a box score in terms of leadership and things like that. Uh, you know they they joked what was Jose's joke that he would give forty million to him to stay of his own money. Uh, so he is well loved. I feel like uh, having these conversations, the Guardians know it's not going to go anywhere. But hey, it helps make everyone feel better, right? Ahmed feels better that some attempt was made. Uh, even if they're never going to get close, Jose feels better. An attempt was made. He'll play out the year. There's a chance they offer him a qualifying offer, a chance he takes it. He could still be here in a year if he views that. that qual- I mean, it, that I, I think they probably. He's... It, I don't think they offer it to him because I think they think he would take it because he's young enough that he could then come back in a year and still get you know money. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know yeah, a lot of people why, talk about the qualifying why? offer. But why? Because if he takes if he takes the qualifying offer, Jeff, I don't know what the next free agent class at shortstops looks like. But if he goes out into this free agent class of shortstops, he like you said, he's the best one. Why take the qualifying offer and risk that you are not the why best did, the year after? Why did he take less money this year than everyone expected him to get? I mean, I think it's it's cover it, and I think yeah. he also knows he won't get nineteen million. That's probably the single highest payday he'll ever get. So, I I think someone will give him fifty. I would. You tur- you I mean, yeah, 90- overall, but year. I'm in the highest year. Oh no, 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 no one's, no one's giving yeah. him 19 annual average value. No, but he'll get 50 or 60 on the open market just for the yeah. fact that he's the only shortstop that has a pulse. But Next in a year, he'd likely Austin get Anderson's 50 company. or 60 again because it's. Uh, you know, I'd have to go look. How- I don't think it's super deep. It's what Tim Anderson, and then like that's about it, right? Brandon Crawford and Elvis Andrews again. Yeah. Uh, here's your tinfoil hat comment of the night. Ahmed Rosario is more a a better trade value if he has an extension he has more trade value if he has an extension yes. versus yeah i'm not saying that's why they would why they would do it because i don't think they would but if you want a conspiracy theory or a tinfoil hat comment uh an extension makes him more tradable gives him cost certainty and they probably lock him up for something cheap so that is your your tinfoil comment of the night uh if you might have missed this, this was a pretty uh, I low it. reported. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, the Guardians signed the guy who lives in a van down by the river, Daniel Norris. If you don't know that story, go look it up. When he was a Tigers prospect, or I think he, back when he was a Blue Jays prospect, actually, uh, when he was with Lansing. So I saw him pitch for Lansing. Uh, he bought a van, and and that was where he he lived. He didn't like to have yeah, all these big things. Yeah, he was a guy who was not super comfortable making a lot of money. I think he got a pretty big bonus because the second he rounder did. and. Uh, he was not comfortable making that money. And he was like, I remember the comment was like, you know, who am I to be, you know, living in luxury and, and whatever with this money I got from as a signing bonus while I have teammates who are, you know, um, making $10,000 a year. Third highest nice bonus guy. in that round behind Josh Bell and Austin Hedges. And they've all played for Cleveland now. Uh, I think this is really just a minor league depth signing. I, I honestly can tell you, I mean, nothing personal against Daniel Norris. Didn't like him last year. Didn't I've, I've, I liked him as a prospect for the Blue Jays, and they traded him for the David Price deal. Um, he was okay for a little bit with Tigers. He's never really pitched a whole lot. He's not been 
super healthy. And when he's been healthy, he hasn't been effective. I think this is just a, a depth signing for now. Honestly, I, you could probably go about your day and not worry about it too much. Again, no offense I, to Daniel Morris. I think he's interesting and a nice guy, but yeah. They just need a lefty. I think it's more the fun of the fact that, so the first, you know, Josh Bell, Austin Hodges, Daniel Norris, top three bonuses in that second round. Fourth, Dylan Howard, who, by the way, it came down to Howard and Norris for who they took with that pick. That was the hot debate on draft day that year. Uh, mm. They got that wrong. Very wrong. And then eighth, Roman Quinn. Ninth, Brad Miller. Ten, Cam Gallagher. Uh, all have played for this team. And on top of all of those guys, um, I know there's one other player who I'm blanking on who is also, for whatever reason, they have been trying to accumulate every single player from the 2011 second round where they took the worst pick in franchise history. Worst second rounder, I mean, arguably the first high, worst high pick because he never got to a ball. Like you don't see a lot of guys fail to get out of rookie ball. That, that makes Dylan Howard yeah. the worst pick in franchise history. I'm sorry. I agree with you for a lot of reasons. To be fair, wasn't the 2011 to draft for the guys that to, to yeah, to the 2011 draft, wasn't that a pretty good draft for the guys that Cleveland didn't draft? Like overall, that was a pretty good draft, right? I mean, it's also good for the guys they did draft. It's also probably the greatest draft in modern modern history. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, so they're they're trying to collect 2011 draft picks because it was one yeah. of the best drafts. I mean, that's that draft where in the first round you was had that Bauer and Lindor and yeah, but it's like you go through that draft and that it's one of those things where it's like the old system. So there's a ton of comp picks, but I mean, almost every pick at least got to the majors who were top picks. And I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, Joe Musgrove is like the 15th best pick in the first round by war. Like it's, that's how good that M Mookie Betts was a third rounder that year. We never talk about him in that draft because he wasn't like a first round pick, but he might be the best selection in the whole dang draft. Um, Lindor, Springer, Cole, Rendon, and Trevor Story are the top five by war in that first round right wow. now. So it's, well, there you it, go. So that makes sense. You just want to acquire um, all, all the 2011 draft picks you can, just in case. One and apparently that second round was the round of catchers because of like uh, Cam Gallagher, Austin Hedges, um, Andrew Susak, uh, James McCann. So apparently that was a round to get catchers in. Well, had solid careers. Yeah. Daniel Vogelbach, another fun name in that round. Um, but yeah, no, there's, it, yeah. it's an interesting, I mean, like I said, that was just an interesting draft in general. That was a killer draft for the guardians and a changing of the guard, but it's kind of funny. I think Daniel Norris is just there cause he's a lefty. Yeah. Before we get out of here, while we're on the topic of drafts, the, if you, if you were lucky enough to get into the, the, the 20 team league, this is the largest league I've ever done. The lockdown guardians fantasy league. The draft was on Saturday. Thanks to all those that uh, showed up and drafted and signed up. That was a lot of fun. I, my original nickname for the draft was uh, the Terminators, and then there was a bunch of comments about um, was I going to get Corbin Burns, so I changed my, my team name to Lockdown Burns. I got Corbin Burns. He was right there. I had the 17th pick out of 20, Jeff, and I still got Corbin Burns. I think that's a steal. Um, I got Dalton Varsha, which I love. Matt Olson. I was going to take Paul Goldschmidt. He got sniped right in front of me. I had to take Matt Olson because uh, after, if I would have come back a few picks later, first base would have been dried up. I love my pitching, but if anybody out there is in the league listening, if you have outfielders trade and you need pitching, uh, hit me up because my outfield is dreadful. Jake McCarthy, Jesse Winker, Jared Kelnick, please. Jared Kelnick finally have a good year. And my backup is, is Joey Gallo. It's a very sad outfield. So if you need pitchers and you have outfielders, uh, hit me up. But otherwise, I, I like I think my that's pitching. Me. I like, yeah, <laughs> we should take a trade, Jeff. Let's, let's rig the league. Well, if we make a trade, everyone will say we're rigging the league. Yeah, I, of course, then again, I just, uh, I don't know, I my 
my outfield is Mullins, Soto, and Santander. I did draft Sean Murphy. I drafted Tanner Bybee uh, for fun. I drafted Carlos oh, wow. Santana. This was just entirely me being. I mean, my number two starter is Patrick Sandoval. That's, that's Cabrera, fine. He's, he's Eduardo nice Cabrera three, Nick Martinez four, Zach Eflin is my fifth starter. So, uh, are you willing to go Grayson Rodriguez for Juan Soto? Is that enough? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's Grayson Rodriguez and Joey Gallo for Juan Soto. I've got. Uh, let's see, my backup outfielder is Ty- Tyrone Taylor. That's who I, oh, and Patrick Wisdom counts as an outfielder. He's, I think you. I think you need Joey Gallo. You're the Joey Gallo fan on the show. I think you need Joey Gallo. I, I, you know, I'm kind of hoping he has a bad year right now after uh, where he signed. But uh, <laughs> listen, we have so much to talk about. Uh, that we hope we got it all in to, uh, to everyone's expectation. If you have some questions, make sure to hit us up down below. Yeah. Tell us what your favorite quickening is based on the Highlander love from the last show. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I watched the Highlander cartoon even I can, I can go all sorts of nerd on this, but, uh, th- that's right. A movie about cutting people's heads off. They made into a, a children's cartoon in the nineties because that was the nineties. Uh, but uh, thank you all for watching. Remember to rate and review, download. It helps. Uh, make sure you click the bell and watch every episode. And we'll end it the way we always do. Go, go, Guardians, go.